0: Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Episode 79. Uh, This week it's just myself, Michael, and Sarah. Mark and Gladys are taking a little bit of time off. And this week we have a guest, Thomas, who's here to talk to us about Mystic Pie. But before we get to our guest, uh, let's take a little lap around the news. Sarah, why don't you kick things off?
0: Sure. So I've just got one little bit of news this this time, which is the Azure Linux container host for AKS has now gone GA. So um, if that's something you might have played around with in public preview or something that you need to have a, or you need to use. So if you want to use a Linux container in your AKS, um, go and have a look uh, because it's now GA, um, so, which means it's fully supported. Um, and yeah, uh, we've had quite a few customers who've been running it for a while now uh, in the public preview Uh, plenty of people saying good things about it so uh, we'll put a link in the show notes so if that's something you might be interested in go and have a look the other thing I've been away for a couple of weeks I've been doing some conferencing Uh, I was super lucky to be at Black Hat Asia and um, also conference called NDC which is Norwegian Developer Conference uh, which is in Oslo there um, I've been speaking to devs about security and talking to them more about how they can secure things because we know that uh, a lot of uh, security issues can lead from how people build things. So it's great to go talk to not just security people about security, go and talk to the wider uh, IT land. Um, Something that was really interesting, Michael, I don't know because you've done secure coding for a long time. I asked uh, the room uh, who had had a bad experience with security in the past. Uh, Bear in mind, this is a room full of you know, basically devs, pretty much everyone put their hand up, which is really sad Um, that people had sort of had negative experiences with their security team. Um, I think this comes from, you know, the days of us just saying no and not being helpful. But I don't know. What do you think, Michael? You've had experiences with that before. You've been doing secure
1: coding stuff for a long time. I think the number one skill that I think a lot of security people actually miss is the ability to choose your battles, right? Some things are just not worth fighting, and some things are. I mean, you're willing to die on the hill for that particular position that you want to take. The other thing is, um, and I've sort of believed this for a long time now, is you know anyone can tell you how to secure something, but I think it really takes a really experienced security person to know when you don't have to, because sometimes you don't have to. And unfortunately, a lot of security people don't like to take that position. And hence, they end up just saying, no, 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 no. Whereas sometimes there's a very amenable you know, middle ground. And a lot of security people don't want to take that middle ground. They want to just take, you know, no, 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 no. And unfortunately, that, that doesn't get you anywhere. Good point. Actually, I love talking to developers. I love it. I've got a few items. Uh, the first one is in public preview is Azure Active Directory support for Azure Files SMB shares. This is cool because, I mean, historically, you know, if you talk about SMB, for example, on-prem, um, that was primarily using you know Windows specific algorithms, um, transport algorithms, and authentication algorithms. Well, now for SMB file shares um, using Azure Files, you can now use Azure AD. Now that's really cool because you can use managed identities, and that's really cool as well because now you don't have to store credentials. You know, AAD takes care of the credentials, so now we can start building much more more secure solutions because we're not persisting uh, credentials anywhere. So great to see that. Next one is in general availability is private link support for application gateway. Um, Again, you know, app gateway was historically something that was just public, uh, sort of, Public facing, well now you can you know lock it right down if you're using it you know with uh, with private endpoints. So this is another great thing to say. See, as, as I mentioned, you know on so many episodes of the podcast, we're seeing this this huge wave across the company, and have been seeing it for a long time now. You know, more use of private endpoints and more use of managed identity and AAD authentication for client authentication. And the last one, also on managed identities, generally available is managed identity support for capture in event hubs. Um, so there's a capture feature. Creature in event hubs and users can now use managed identities when capturing event streams to storage services such as say as your um, storage services or as your data Lake st- uh, storage version 2 and this also enables users to do cross subscription data capturing as well so again really great to see you know more products using managed identities and AAD authentication for client authentication. So with that little short news section out of the way uh, let's turn our attention to our guest uh, this week we have Thomas who's here to Talk to us about Mystic Pie. Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Sure, thank you, Michael. Um, so, my name is Thomas Rocha, and I'm currently working at uh, Microsoft as a senior security researcher in the Defender team. Um, so, the goal of my team is basically to look for a new threat and improve the detection for our products. Um, so, basically, we are always looking for new techniques that will try to bypass um, the antivirus engines and the the security that we put in place in Windows OS and Windows products and Microsoft products. Um, So yeah, my goal is mainly to investigate malware, understand how they work, uh, and build detection and signatures against them. And yeah, I've been part also to the Mystic Pie team since a year now. Uh, so I'm involved uh, with uh, some of the uh, uh, development features and so on. And yeah, that's me,
0: Thomas. Um, look, obviously, well, you also live in Melbourne like me, so we have met in person a few times. Uh, but what what is your Team, what's your team's kind of main goal? Because um, we, I know that we have a lot of research teams in, in Microsoft and they all do different things. And um, we've had a couple of people on before who've uh, done research stuff. So I'd be really keen to hear um, what, what
2: your focus is. So my, my team is, uh, so so obviously uh, the team is super big. So there is different kind of work groups and different research uh, research team. Uh, my team in Melbourne is focused on what we call uh, advanced techniques detections and PUA and grayware uh, uh, research. So basically, um, this is some of the research that, that we do against a potential unwanted application and potential unwanted software uh, but also we are looking for um, how these tools are used for install malware and uh, it could be also some, some research around adware because adware is a big uh, economy as well. So the team is basically uh, working on this kind of uh, focus and tracking uh, the cybercrime uh, economy related to ad fraud, ad clicking, and so on as well.
0: You actually said something there that I'm not super a phrase that I'm not super familiar with. You said grayware. Um, I actually grayware, yeah.
2: don't.
0: Yeah, what what is grayware?
2: So it's basically uh, software that are supposed to be, uh, that appear to be legit, but in fact, they are, uh, you know, playing in the border and and just, you don't really know if it's a legit application or if it's a malicious application. And it it kind of, it's kind of a gray area uh, because (laughs) you you don't really know and you have to investigate. And most of the time there is malicious uh, stuff uh, running in that space.
0: Well, that's really cool. Now, I know one of the things that you work on, and um, I wanted to talk about this quite a lot because I know of it, but I don't know enough about it, is Mystic Pie, which is a a tool that's been around a little while. But can you tell me about the tool and, you know, the history of it, what we do with it, etc.?
2: So Mystic Pi is uh, basically uh, a Swiss Army knife tool for uh, threat intelligence. So it has been uh, created by Jan Helen, uh, I think it was in 2017 or something like that. And at first it was an internal project used to interact with a lot of Microsoft data and so on. Jan and Microsoft decided to release it as an open source tool for the community. So MysticPy is a Python uh, library which you can use to analyze different kinds of data source. Uh, you can also use it for logs, but you can pretty much use it for any kind of data. And the advantage of Mystic Pi is that you can use it using uh, Jupyter, Jupyter Notebook, which is basically a framework to create Python code and exchange uh, the, the information using a notebook with your team. So, this is super powerful because you can combine uh, Python visualization uh, capability as well, and, and also uh, Jupyter for exchanging a kind of workflow with your team. Pi is basically, uh, as I said, uh, a Swiss army knife for uh, threat intelligence. So you can use it, for example, for querying different kinds of logs for investigation, uh, or for forensic investigation, incident response as well, and so on. You can also use it for enrich the data that you collect with multiple threat intelligence providers. So, for example, there is modules to connect your data with VirusTotal or any kind of other um, threat intelligence provider, for example. And uh, you can also plug uh, MysticPy to Azure resource if you have some kind of uh, information that you would like to uh, investigate and analyze as well. And I think the, the most powerful features of MysticPy is the visualization. So there is some modules that you can uh, you know, directly used, it's built-in the application and you can directly use against your data to visualize different kinds of trends, uh, also creating some interactive timelines, make some process trees. And this is very um, powerful and useful when you are doing this kind of investigation because in a single glance you can have a tool that will help you to analyze all your different data but also visualize them and enrich them with multiple tools as well. So this is really, really for me, it's a, it's um, one of the best tools today for doing threat intelligence research because this is super versatile and also very easy to use.
0: I'm going to ask as someone who is not an amazing coder, how much
2: Python do you need to know? Well, the thing is with Python is pretty easy to use, you know. It's uh, it's, uh, it's probably the, the language the most used in the, the cybersecurity industry. And uh, the reason is because it's not so difficult to learn it and, and to use it. So I would say if you have some basic knowledge of Python and if you know the basic, like, you know, such as the, the structures of the code and, and how to create uh, uh, some loops, some functions and so on, I think it's fairly easy to to use it. The documentation also help a lot, uh, understanding the features of Mystic Pies and how to use it directly. And, And also there is a lot of examples on the GitHub repository. So there is some notebook as well that you can directly reuse and adapt with your own data. So you don't even know, you don't even need to know really how to code in Python. You can just reuse the code that we already built and just adapt it with your own data.
1: So so you mentioned you can query various types of data, including your own data. What kind? I mean, can you give examples of data? I mean, so for example, I working you know the Azure SQL database team, or Azure database team, I should say. So we do you know Cosmos DB, Azure SQL database, MySQL, Postgres SQL, and so on. I mean, are those examples of logs that you could use, and you know W three C logs from from a web server? I mean, what sort of typical logs you're sort of looking at?
2: Well, it really depends, actually. So you can connect it, for example, to um, an Azure cluster and make some requests to a KQL, for example. So. Uh, with that, you can actually put a, any kind of data into KQL and then request the information using Mystic Pi. So it's really it, it's really versatile. So I, I have actually a good example last year. Um, the I'm not sure if you heard about the Conti leaks. Uh, Conti was a, a famous uh, ransomware group, uh, and some of the internal leak chat, uh, some of the internal chat have leaked uh, last year. And I did some experimentation using Mystic Pi and analyzing this kind of data. So it was basically JSON file with all the information related to the discussion of the members of the group. And what I did actually, I just used Mystic Pi to load all this information and started to analyze them. So I use MysticPy to extract indicator of compromises, uh, uh, such as, for example, IP address, URL, uh, Bitcoin address as well. I also use Pi to enrich that information using the threat intelligence provider, but also navigate through the data and uh, extract the information that I wanted. And the thing is, with MysticPy, you can use Jupyter notebook, So you can also build your own dashboard. So with Jupyter, you can create, for example, like Button and so on. Uh, so it's part of Python and, and Jupyter. And you can basically create a notebook that will be interactive to your data. I actually wrote a blog post on, uh, on the Microsoft blog last year, and there is a Jupyter Notebook as well available. So you can just reuse it, load the, the data, and for example, I build a kind of a map with the connection between the different members where you can visualize the number of discussion between two members and so on. So pretty much you can you can really load any kind of data through Mystic MysticPy. And there is some built-in modules that helps you to connect directly to, to some specific interface such as KQL or Uh, Azure Data Explorer and so on, but you can also use your own data from an Excel file, a JSON file, or any kind of other um, format of files.
1: What about for things like on-prem, like with Windows? Could you read Windows event logs or do they need to be extracted in a certain form first?
2: Mm, You will need to extract them, Uh, but uh, if you you have them in uh, some places, uh, you can totally do that as well
0: so Thomas I know that uh, well I uh, am very familiar with Microsoft Sentinel and there are some other products that use workbooks now workbooks do do visualizations but that's just based on the queries in the logs that that are within the product but some people might be asking what's the difference between uh, a workbook and mystic pie um, sort of why would you use one over the other I don't know if you've got any thoughts
2: on that yeah i think um i think mystic pi is a bit more versatile to use uh, especially because you can use it uh, with python so you can code your own modules add your uh, own uh, information and and your own feature something that uh, you cannot Really do with a workbook uh, and also with uh, Mystic Pie as well. Uh, it's you, you have some built-in features uh, that can help you enrich the data and some specific features that are really uh, specific to investigation. Such as for example, we have a full modules uh, used for pivoting, such as getting um, one information and pivoting through that information to uncover more and so on. So Mystic Pi is just a bit more versatile and and it's not only dedicated to Sentinel but to multiple kind of data and information.
0: Makes sense. Now, we talked a bit a lot about Mystic Pie, but I also know that you are a very busy bee and do lots of other security research projects. Now, the one that I wanted you to tell us about a little bit about was your Unprotect project, because I'm not sure if people will be familiar with that. So uh, can you tell us about it and what it is and what you
2: do? Yeah, sure. So the the Unprotect project is basically an open database that aims to document every malware evasion techniques. So it's a, a very very doting task because there is a lot of different mechanisms and so on. But basically, we tend to we try to document uh, that information. And in the database, you can get information about, uh, for example, uh, so so we are classifying. The evasion techniques by different categories, such as, for example, anti-debugging, anti-disassembling. Uh, it could be also uh, network evasion, sandbox evasion, and so on. And the goal is to provide the full detailed classification about this technique. So, if you go to the if you go to the portal and you search for a specific evasion technique. You will get information about uh, this specific technique, such as the descriptions, and also we provide the code snippet that can be reused for detection purposes or even red teaming. And we also offer um, Yara rules, Sigma rules and Kappa rules when it's available. And the goal is really to help a malware analyst or an investigator or a security professional to understand more about a specific evasion technique. So the the project is uh, uh, community centric, meaning everyone in the community can um, participate and contribute to the project. And we actually have at the moment 24 uh, contributors from the the community. And you can, you know, just make a submission, uh, improve uh, an existing description or also just upload um, a Yara rules or a code snippet and so on. So I started this project in 2015. And at that time, I was working as an incident uh, responder for uh, different customers. And each time I went on site, I I realized that the the customer didn't really understand why a specific piece of malware wasn't detected by the antivirus engine or wasn't really analyzed by by the sandbox and so on. So I started to document uh, the evasion techniques just to help them understand how a malware can bypass the security in place and, uh, and the, the analysis and so on. And so at first the project was just an Excel uh, uh, sheet and then it became a wiki, an open wiki. And today it's a, it's a much more bigger platform where we have we have all the, the techniques and all the information. um uh, one of my friends, uh, Jean-Pierre Le Sueur, is also um, uh, the, one of the core contributors of the project. So we are actually uh, two people maintaining this project at the moment. Uh, but since it's uh, community-centric, there is also multiple people that are contributing to the project from time to time. But basically, this is the place to go if you want to learn more about malware evasion techniques and understand how to analyze it and improve your detection in place.
1: So word on the street is that you've got a book out on, the, on this kind of topic. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, sure. I, I just released a, a new book. And it's, I'm super proud of it. It was a lot of work, actually. Uh, so, so the name of the book is Visual Threat Intelligence, an Illustrated Guide for Threat Researchers. And I really wanted to offer something different. So it's not your typical computer science book. It's more like um, a visual guide uh, with illustration, graphic, and so on. So I wanted to provide something which is very digest to understand, easy to read, uh, but also can serve as a reference in your daily job or for for a starting learning point, for example. So it's a book about uh, threat intelligence and in this book, I talk about uh, the fundamentals of threat intelligence uh, such as, uh, for example, the, the threat intelligence lifecycle, the traffic light uh, protocol, the different types of uh, intelligence, open source intelligence as well. Uh, I'm also talking about uh, threat actors and operating methods. So I will talk about tactics, technique and procedures, uh, the attack matrix. Also, the Unprotect project is, uh, is part of this book. Um, then I, I'm also talking about how to track an adversary, a threat actor, using indicator of compromise, uh, using pivoting techniques and so on. And I also talk about uh, some different tools such as Yara, Sigma and also uh, Mystic Pi in this book. And and the last part of this book is about uh, the notorious cyber attacks that have shaped the cybersecurity industry for the past decade and some of the investigation that I did um, uh, along my career. So I'm also um, writing about, I'm also discussing about my past experience uh, from the front line of some of the biggest uh, um, cyber attacks of the past decade and so on. So it's really... A practical book with visualization. I think it's a, it's really different to what's currently exists on the market uh, today. And, and this actually was my goal. I really wanted to propose something different. I didn't want to, to have a big book with, which is very heavy to read and understand. This one is fairly easy to, to understand and to read because, uh, because of the visualization, but because also of the specific structures that I put in place. And I think it's, a, it's kind of innovative in our industry uh, because I don't think there is a similar uh, book uh, in, the, in the market at the moment.
1: Yeah, you often find books that are either academic, very dry, hard to read, then the other extreme you've got Malware 101, you know, it's nice to see by the sound of it you're sort of reaching a middle middle ground, which I think is, uh, I'm actually a fan of because a lot of stuff that I sort of work on, I tend to write a lot of that sort of middle ground documentation um, to sort of bridge the gap between people understanding it and people who are super duper technical um you want to sort of bridge that gap on a you know on a regular basis so that way you're sort of meet, meeting a very large population of people so yeah that's great to see um i hope we do well i hope i hope that I, I hope the, the book does uh, does really well
0: i've got a question for you thomas did you draw all the pictures in the book
2: yeah all of them all of them uh yeah all of them.
0: For, for those of you, um, you should go and check out Thomas's book, but Thomas draws really lovely visual diagrams and I'm very jealous of the skill that I do not
2: have. <laughs>
1: yeah, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah it's, it's very complicated when you... Uh, uh, sometimes when you, you see the final uh, illustration, you say, okay, oh, it's very easy, but it's very complicated, the, the process and the reflection to, you know, to think about a technical concept and, and think about how to illustrate that technical concept in a simple way without um, without removing any uh, important information so it's kind of very complex to uh, start with an idea and starting to draw the illustration and to have something really um, really useful and really complete without um, removing some really crucial information. So the process of reflection is super, super heavy. And it's actually, writing a book is super, um, is super complicated because you have to, you know, to write every day and go to your routine and so on. Uh, But adding illustration on top of that is another uh, challenge as well, uh, because every illustration takes days to create and to put in place. And during the process of writing the book, I always um, recreating some part of the illustration because my mind evolved uh, during the the, the process of writing. And at some point I get new ideas and so on. So I I had to redo some part of some of the illustration and so on. So it was a, a constant work. And at some point you have to say, okay, now it's now it's okay. I need to stop and I need to release the book at the, at that time.
0: Well, Thomas, I know that when I need drawings doing, I know who I'm going to come to because clearly you're not busy. You're, it's you're not busy enough already. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably it. Um, I actually might hit you up for drawings. I'm not lying. That's a true thing, but not yet.
1: Oh, this has been good. So one thing we ask all our guests is if you had just one final thought to leave our listeners with.
2: Uh, as a final thought, like uh, like if someone wants to start in uh, threat intelligence, I think the best way is probably... Today there is a lot of information uh, on the internet, so I think the best way is probably to be aware of what's going on in the world, in the cybersecurity world as well, but also in geopolitics, because threat intelligence is very tied to uh, geopolitics as well. And also just be informed, go to security conferences, meet people and so on. And I think that's the, the best starting point today uh, in this industry, because if you meet the different people, you will potentially have new opportunities and so on. So I think that's the best way to do so. Yeah, just be aware of what's going on, meet people and share your knowledge.
1: Thomas, thanks so, so much for joining us this week. I kind of stayed on the periphery of Mystic Pie but it's good to see Mystic Pi being explained by someone who is actually actively involved. I certainly learned a great deal from it. And to all our listeners out there, we hope you found this episode of use. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure
0: Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure Setpod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license.